electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the keynote by CNBC Events. I'm Tyler Matheson. On this podcast, we bring you in-depth, candid conversations with executives, experts, and thought leaders. On this episode, you'll hear about the future of sports leadership from some of the most impactful women in sports today, including National Basketball Players Association Executive Director Tamika Tremalio. Colorado Rockies co-owner Linda Alvarado, CAA Sports co-head of basketball Jessica Holtz, and Gotham Global Creative Advisor Ashlyn Harris. They spoke with my colleague, CNBC's senior media and tech correspondent Julia Borston, at the Game Plan Sports Business Summit hosted by CNBC and Boardroom on July 25, 2023 in Santa Monica, California. Here's their conversation. I think what's most important about these four amazing women on the stage here is that they have all defied the odds in the male-dominated industry of sports, but they are also reinventing the game, changing the game itself, um, supporting players in different ways, changing the priorities um, off the field, and really changing the conversation for sports, which is really, I think, more in the in the cultural spotlight or under a microscope also um, more than ever. So I want to introduce our, our four awesome panelists. At the end, we have Ashlyn Harris, who's at Gotham FC. Um, she's creative advisor and, of course, former soccer superstar. So we've already seen some commentary about the Women's yeah. World Cup. Um, next to her, we have Linda Alvarado. She's Colorado Rockies co-owner also a multiple-time entrepreneur um, in various industries in Colorado. Um, Next to her, we have Jessica Holt, CAA Sports Co-Head of Basketball. Um, And then next to me here, we have Tamika Tremalio, the Executive Director of the NBPA. So I think these women are really taking different approaches to the industry um, and driving change. And that's what I want to get into today, where things are going from here, how much the sports industry is going to change. And by means of introduction, I'm hoping we could kick it off by having each of you lay out what your top priority is right now, what you're most focused on accomplishing or changing in the next year. And Tamika, let's kick it off with you. Sure, so we are just finishing our CBA, but I will also say it's still a priority for our players to have generational wealth. So focus on after the ball stops bouncing. I'm focused on that as well for my clients, (laughs) um, which is really important. But um, it just now marks the one-year anniversary of when I've been a WNBA agent, which is super exciting. Um, So for me, not only my client, Elena Deladon, but also bringing other women up, whether it's executives or agents or um, athletes themselves. Linda. Baseball. (laughs) (laughs) Very concentrated on baseball. But looking at the analytics and the data that we now can get through software and other technologies, it is a game changer in terms of utilizing it in ways that we can not just get physically stronger working out, but intellectually stronger in how we can win the game. My goal right now is to continue holding brands accountable in investing in women in sports 
And uh, I was one of the plaintiffs on the fight for equal pay with the US Women's National Team. Uh, it took six years to win that battle. And my hope is, thank you, thank you. My hope is to close that gap, that, uh, that pay equity gap when it comes to league play and paying these women what they're worth. Certainly an, an amazing role you played in shedding a spotlight on that issue. And I feel like until, until that lawsuit, a lot of people just didn't even realize what a massive gap there was. Um, I think this ties into my, my next question, which is about players becoming brands and also creating brands and having an identity that's more than just the, the number on their back and what they're doing on the field. Mm -hmm. Ashlyn, tell us a little bit about what you're doing at Gotham FC um, in this relatively new role mm -hmm. um, and how you see your roles helping players find their voice. Yeah, so I'm the creative director um, at Gotham FC in New York City, and it's a big beast of a market, <laughs> and how we navigate and move has to be different. Um, so my job is to help tell the stories of these incredible women who are a part of the queer community, who are potentially single moms. Uh, there's just so much there that is untold and I think it's such an important sacred piece of people knowing who we are as athletes. Sports are literally what we do. It's entertainment, it's not who we are. Um, so I think there's so much missing due to lack of investment in production and telling a lot of these women's stories and actually telling them right. Uh, but yeah, I'm trying to transcend sport. I'm trying to make women's soccer cool for everyone, uh, a, a safe space where everyone can feel a part of it. And um, yeah, women's sports right now, it's really the, the moment. And I wanna keep writing that and keep talking about it and keep getting people um, jazzed about the possibilities that all of us knew existed, but we had to bang through a million doors, doors to get people to actually pay attention. Um, so yeah, it's been really fun. Jessica, how do you think about your clients having a presence off the court? I mean, when you're thinking about building these these clients' portfolios? Is it about investments? Is it about creating their own their own fashion line? Where's the opportunity? Listening to Ashton just now was so interesting because really it's leaning into who they are and what they're interested in, right? I think over time we've seen a change of where it's, okay, I need to be in that Gatorade commercial. I need to have that Nike deal and I need to do these things and that's gonna be who I am. And the advertisers are gonna have a, a piece in telling my story for me, a much larger piece. And now, with my clients, what's especially fun is, what are you passionate about? What, do, what interests you? Do you want to do more investments? You make a lot of money on the court. Do you want to focus more on building businesses? Do you want to start a perfume line? Okay, that's something that you're passionate about. It's not going to work unless you're passionate. And I think looking at things long term, because these things are forever, right? And it's not just transactional. So for me, you know, what Ashlyn said about really telling stories. I like to think about who my athletes are and how everybody can get to know them. Not only obviously to monetize it, but to think about what, what change you can affect and what's, what drives you off the, off the court and what philanthropically you want to accomplish too. I mean, a lot of times we, can, we need to lean into brands and hold them responsible mm -hmm. and they can affect change too. And Ally, what Ally's done is incredible. I mean, we've- We love Ally. They, <laughs> we love Ally. 
it takes money. It's not just talking about it. And a lot of times you see where a brand says that they're going to do something and then they're not putting the advertising dollars behind it. And Ally's done an amazing job of you see it everywhere and you can't look away. And I think that's the important thing. So I think just to tie that, Ally has pledged to spend equal parts in men and women's sports just to make sure that's clear for everyone. And so Tamika, tell us a little bit about your perspective. When we were talking, you were describing, you know, you represent the collective. You call it the 450, which may not be exactly 450. You represent the collective. What is it that that group wants right now and needs right now from you as their advocate? Yeah, so I think it's a number of things. And I think Jessica hit on one of the points is our players, while they are phenomenal basketball players, they are more than that. And to your point around being an influencer, so when we think about them being role models, we do want them to share what is their and. When I first started, I really started saying, we have to look at the whole person. So what's your and? And let's focus on the ampersand as opposed to just the basketball. So we have players that are fathers, that are entrepreneurs, that are are doing amazing things in this world, giving back to their communities. For me, it's important that everybody knows the full story. It also makes it a little more challenging to not be able to relate to them if you understand what their and is. So focusing on them outside of basketball has really been critical. And Linda, looking at your, your long career with the Colorado Rockies, how do you think about the importance of these players having big identities outside of their, of their sports identity? This is our 30th year. Okay. Um, I was old enough to drink at the time, <laughs> barely. But the, the focus is not to control, but it's also to assist, to make sure that if they're moving through these partnerships or sponsorships, that they think about it. But a lot of them are doing it is to raise money for community organizations, to align themselves with making a difference not just in the bank or on the field. And I think that's an important thing, partnering with our foundation as well. Um, depending who the individual is, they may have different opinions and their agents may have different opinions as well. But I think that it's, it's an opportunity for the players, but it's also an opportunity for them to help others. And I think that's part of our DNA and our foundations. Part of this, though, is it's standing up for the right thing. It's equal pay. But there are also these moments where athletes take stands that are on social issues, cultural issues, and political issues. And that can drop blowback. How do you, Jessica, advise your clients on these things? Look, if it's something they're passionate about and we've done the research, that's the important thing, right? Sometimes I feel like it's very easy for athletes to just say, well, everyone's saying this. This is what I'm going to say and this is how I feel. It's really important to be very well educated and informed. And that's part of what our responsibility, I think all of us on the stage yes. is to do. And so if it's something they're passionate about and you understand the cost benefit analysis of it, you know, I'm, I'm always going to err on the side of supporting my client and what they want to, what messages they want to get out there. As long as it's not harmful, you know, that's something to look at too. You may feel really passionate about something, but just make sure that you're protecting those who can't protect themselves because they have big microphones. And so that's <laughs> the most important things to think about. Tamika, how do you talk to, to your collective about this and the sort of the cost-benefit analysis of taking a political stand? No, and I obviously I have the privilege of working for such amazing men who really are looking to make sure they're doing the best in society, and they have incredible platforms. So to some extent, they do feel like it's their duty to say something. And so I am incredibly proud of that. So to Jessica's point, certainly if we can support them and make sure that they are well-informed and that the things that they're saying 
saying are accurate. That's what we want to do. But we absolutely want them to use their platform for good, and they actually enjoy doing that. Ashton, do you think this next generation is going to be as eager to take on the big challenges of the likes of equal pay? I do. I do. I, I think a lot of these younger players sat into countless hours of meetings, especially when we were negotiating our CBA and really fighting for what we believed and our worth. And I think they now are going to be able to carry that momentum and torch and understand that you know, this is something that we have to keep building and fighting for for the next generation because even though we're making such incredible strides in women's sports, we're nowhere near where we need to be. Um, and it takes work and it, it, it takes investment and it takes really hard stance at times, even taking your employer to court during a World Cup. Like these things seem big and scary but the magnitude and how far it pushes us, not only in women's sports, but women in the workplace in general, um, it's, it's, a, it's a huge deal. And we have to keep doing this and showing and giving space for these younger players to educate them and have them have a voice as well in these really important decisions because it impacts them for a really long time. Certainly. Another question on the topic of the, the, the voice that athletes are taking is this question of athlete ownership. And I'm curious to hear how important ownership is to your athletes and what you think that team ownership could mean in terms of the trajectory of the league. Yeah, so obviously ownership is critical. I, I think that in my corporate background, I learned very quickly that it wasn't as important to be concerned about what you were being paid now, but what the benefit was going to be in the future. And so when I came into this role, I wanted them to focus on equity. I mean, we have seen the value of our teams grow exponentially. Certainly our players have done well, but not at the same time, not at that same level. So for me, it was so important that they understood that, yes, while you're playing, this is what you're being paid, but you have invested your time, energy, money, effort into building this team. You should be able to actually reap the benefits and rewards. And they get that. They're behind that. And that's why we made sure it was part of the CBA. Yeah, so important. I want to make sure to open up to audience questions. But first, I'm, so, so start thinking. Start thinking about raising your hand. But I want to talk about technology. I cover technology. I've been doing a lot of reporting on AI. There's all this concern about privacy and data tracking. I know that technology is a big piece of all of your jobs, and, and especially in your, your clients' jobs. Linda, you've always liked to be at the cutting edge of technology. How do you see um, sort of some of these tech tools as being valuable? You mentioned data before, but what are you most interested in right now? Personally, <laughs> teasing. The world has changed. How many things have changed since we've been sitting here? What is applicable and what is not? There's some that are uh, positive and that some could be distractive. In, in the context of doing that, I think the mindset has been conventional thinking. We've always done it this way. We won. We made money. Why do we need to make changes? Technology is critical, but also the drivers and the providers of this increasingly are women in sports, in baseball, in part of our data analytics, as part of our um, <laughs> operations. But more than that, the analytical piece of it is a game changer. And embracing change is difficult sometimes for people to do. But the mindset has been, 
changing, and there are slow adapters. But I really do think that it's playing by the rules, not cheating, but making sure that we can compete. And the, the leaders of this in the Rockies organizations are women. Every pitch, every whatever, all this data that's being put together to analyze, but narrowing it down so it applies to specifically. And for every um, home game, but more than that, we're playing Washington, along with the players, there's two people, two women, from our data analytics that go with them. And now the technology is real time. If you have a question, so whether it's the coach, the manager, the player, real time use of brains, not just brawn, will be the game changer, I think. You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet? Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard. From their innovative practice facility to unmatched views from the fairway, the PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with 5G solutions from T-Mobile for Business. Together, we're using AI-powered analytics to expand coaching tools and bringing fans closer to the pros with 5G-connected cameras. This is game-changing innovation. This is the PGA of America with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. What's the game changer for you in terms of technology, Jessica, for your clients? Are they thinking about AI? Or are they thinking about these new data tech tools? Of course. And I think, um, Linda said adaptability. I think that's super important, right? It's, but it's also being adaptable in a really smart way and making sure you have a lot of different perspectives in the room, right? Because not everything is going to be a hit. And so sometimes you see everybody like, well, I saw this guy or this girl do this deal. I need to do it right away. And I need to jump into this thing. Well, what's the business behind that? How are we, how is that going to monetize? How are we going to make money? And do you want to be the face of something that where there's some uncertainty? A lot of these things are high risk, high reward, right? And so again, knowing where the bottom is and knowing where the top is, is really important when you're looking at technological advances like that. Tamika, how do you see the biometrics tracking playing into this? What do your, what do your players think about that? So there's a lot, obviously, to AI and there are pros and cons, right? So certainly from a biometric standpoint, the fact that you can see how high someone is jumping and in some instances their heart rate, et cetera, we have to be concerned about privacy related issues and what that means. So as a union, obviously that's a focus. But at the same time, we have one player and they have millions of followers. So the ability from an AI perspective to make sure that their reach is exponential. So when we talk about fan engagement and how a fan can engage with our player, the fact that we have AI that can engage or interact with an individual, that's tremendous because our players can only do so much. So for them to be able to take advantage of that, and we know even with Luca now with his you know, AI and how he's been able to utilize it in his foundation and how he's been able to make sure that he's engaging with others, that's huge. That'll be a game changer for us. As well. Ashlyn, you're nodding here. And I know oh, you really understand laughing. that. You yeah. understand mm -hmm. that fan relationship. Oh yes, <laughs> um, I agree completely. And you know, as a creative and when I think think about all the things that we're doing in New York, it makes my job very quick. Um, so I'm enjoying it a little too much because <laughs> a lot of my digital designers and stuff, it's just you throw things into AI and it spits back all these thought starters and you know it can just take my brain in a million different areas maybe that I didn't think about before. 
um, but it makes it quick, easy, and efficient. Um, so I'm enjoying it a little, a little too much. But <laughs> no. <laughs> but what about that direct relationship with fans? Jimmy Pitaro was talking about how popular ESPN is on TikTok. Mm-hmm. How important do you think that social media component is to build awareness, not just for your team, but also for the whole league? Yeah, I think it's incredible. I mean, you know, as we continue to build, you know, we just have to work through a lot of things that are the unknown. Like, I don't know a lot about of about AI and how this relationship is going to work, how it could help or hinder. Like, we're in this really yeah. unique moment, so I don't know where we're going to go with it. I'm writing it because a lot is changing in real time, and you have to adapt. So we're we're slowly just kind of tapping into a few things, getting our feet wet. And we're going to see where it takes us. The owners meeting, the last owner meeting, we had about two and a half to three hour conversation about this. Baby steps, but you really have to pay attention mm-hmm. to what's going on. And so I'm not sure we have the solution yet. But to no, your we point, don't. Um, it's opportunity, but it's also a challenge. What was the upshot of that two and a half hour meeting? We'll continue it at the next meeting. <laughs> Perfect opportunity. No, it's, share, yeah. no it, it's sharing information. All teams are doing this. All businesses are doing this. Mm-hmm. And if we don't, quote, get into the game and try to understand it better, we, we're vulnerable in terms of not just our own security, but injuring other people as we move forward. Yeah, all of these data pieces are so important. I'm clearly obsessed with AI in my reporting as well. Um, now's a good opportunity to open up for questions. I see we have one right here. Hi, first of all, love the color palette. You guys look amazing. Um, so fun. I didn't I'm, get the green memo. <laughs> we did the Celtics. Well, that's a good point. purple in the middle. I love it. Um, I'm Lydia Davies. I'm the founder of Osprey, which is a membership community for women in sports and entertainment. And we're taking pro athletes and entertainers and helping them generate more wealth by building businesses around their talent. So, Ashlyn, this question is for you. Um, What are you guys doing now that with the World Cup and all the immense viewership from it, which is so exciting, um, what are you guys doing at Gotham to try and keep that wave like on the up and keep the rise going so that we can get more recognition and more salary increases for the professional female athletes. I think the importance that everyone needs to know is in this country, soccer is only important every four years. So what about the gap? What are we doing about the gap? There are so many teams in the NWSL that are playing in everyone's backyard. So what are we doing to make sure this isn't just a spike when the Women's World Cup comes? We have to consistently get people to show up and this, and I can only talk about this year, ticket sales are incredible across all NWSL um, franchises. And like everyone thinks that this is, there's some secret potion or what's going on is there's something in the water. We've been here. We know the potential. Brands are just seeing it now as, hmm, this could be a good business decision. <laughs> there's money in this. So now you're seeing visibility and investment come together, and now you're seeing incredible things happen in women's sports. I listened to Rich the other day talk about the the WNBA All-Star Game, how it is no different now than an NBA All-Star Game. Well, this is because of, it's a vibe, it's the fan experience, it's the investment we're pouring into women, how, you know, how production and how, how we make women look on TV matters. Because for so long, you watch an NWSL game versus 
an EPL game in, in England, the production is completely different, right? And it's like, oh, women are just not, no. How are we showing up for women? We have to keep investing in women and in these franchises so people are showing up. Fan experience matters. It, it matters. And before, we didn't want to put money, we didn't have the money to put into fan experience, right? So as we continue building this platform, we're not riding a wave. We've al always been here. The product has always been here. Now the brands are seeing the potential. And listening. And listening, <laughs> exactly. So we're, we're at a really unique place where, yeah, women are on prime time. Imagine that. People actually watch. <laughs> It's just like, this, this is a conversation that has been going on for quite some time now, and I, like you said, people are paying attention. Now there's an upside. Brands are making money. Brands see how this is a good business decision. So I don't think women's soccer in this country is just gonna be hot because it's a World Cup year. Um, we're, we're at a point now where this is not gonna stop but the investment has to continue because look at where women's sports are with such little investment, what we figure <clears throat> out, how we squeeze things out, how we continue to rise and elevate the level. Imagine if we had money like the men, imagine if we had charter flights like the men, like imagine if we had access to the same things. I mean, we, good, 10 years ago, so now we're just chipping away at that, and it's a process, and we understand that. But it's nice now that we know people are paying attention, brands are, are, are paying attention, and this is just the start. I, I truly believe it. Women's sports right now, it is the moment, and there's no, we're not riding any type of wave. We're just delivering, and people finally now see the upside in it. Thank you. We have a question back here. I'm Anthony Holloman, the commissioner of the Southern Intercollegiate Athletic Conference, and this question is for Tamika. I want to thank you for the work that you're doing with your Top 50 camp. We'll host that at uh, Morehouse College this weekend, yes. uh, Purvis Short. The question, though, is, is there a desire to create a partnership for former players who want to enter coaching at HBCUs? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's not only a desire. Our players are very much focused on that, right? They ha are focused on giving back. So we have our top 100 camp, which is broader, and then obviously the top 50 for HBCUs. And our players are actually there. It's also where they're getting additional training, right? So we have players who want to be coaches after they play that are actually there training in the summer to be coaches. We have refs that we are women that want to now be refs. And so they're there and getting that experience. So it is absolutely critical to our players and giving back that's sort of what they do naturally so any opportunity to do that they're all over it so thank you and thank you for allowing us the ability to do that let me just not interrupt but add to that um, major league baseball has a program now that's called the fellowship program and has been created to have women and other minorities it's a diversity inclusion program you must apply to participate in this, like you just out of college or something, what's your degree? But more than that, what do you want to do? You have to write an essay and sometimes get a recommendation. But Major League Baseball identifying things, people, not things, and teams having the opportunity to really find some bright people, men and women, and this program has been extremely successful. 
A lot of the, we participated the Rockies. We had three, you employ them for one year as your commitment. We had three women and they were all on the baseball side. And that's great because guess where the managers come from? The baseball side. And this is just an incredible program, not to prevent, but to enable people to have a gateway to become leaders in baseball, not just on the field, but in the home office as well as in the, um, on the baseball side. I think we have time for one more question. We don't. I have another question. Does anybody have someone back here? You got a minute 25. There's one back here. Name is Dookie Inacho. I'm a former NFL athlete. I want to ask everyone a question, actually. So at the, at the simplest level, right, what are some things, some practical things that men can do to help support women in sports and help push forward women's initiative so we can help level the playing field with men's sports? Is it a matter of, hey, we got this, or is it, hey, we need your help? I can Make start it, with that because I, I'm just involved on the men's side as Terry Jackson runs the W and does an amazing job. You can do what our men are doing who play basketball is show up. Every time somebody says to me, why aren't the women doing this? I'm like, go to a game, buy a ticket, become a season ticket holder. Like our men are showing up for our women. That's what you need to do. I feel like I'm in this position that I'm in as a female agent representing male athletes at this level because they made a seat at the table for me. And when Devin and Carl decided I was gonna be their contract agent, that wasn't the easy choice. That wasn't the choice that I think a lot of men would have, young men, by the way, would have made in their early 20s. Um, and so I think looking at us differently is maybe that's a male dominated role traditionally, or are there enough women in the room? I think asking those questions and making those seats at the table for us, unfortunately, you have to be a very active, part. men have to be a very active participant for us, and we need you all to make, make way for us and look at us differently, and that's what you could do. The world is changing for sure, but men are also supporting women. You know of Kim Wei? who is the general manager of the Miami Marlins, first woman to do this. But she started by playing baseball, encouraging girls from a very young age to get involved in the sport, but also working with men, learning more, and standing up in ways that people said she didn't look the part. She's made history as the first woman, but also the first um, East uh, Asian. We have two women presidents now of teams. Um, the, um, excuse me, the Marlins, as well as, um, ah, I'm losing it, Milwaukee, Jim Geddes. Changing the leadership, when I'm looking at sports, not just on the field, but maybe after I'm on the field and looking it up, that's a game changer and opening doors for women to see that there is not just opportunities in the field, but opportunities in management and one day ownership. Ashlyn, what's your call to action? Yeah, I, I'm going to say the same thing. I think for me, it's, it's showing up and investing your time into supporting women. We need really strong men who see the importance of doing that, to sit at a game, to invest in a women's team. KD is one of our owners of Gotham FC. Um, he shows up. Him and Rich show up. And that is 
so important for us to continue to be successful and grow and to have powerful men in our corners who Rich will be like, you do this, you take this, this is your moment. And um, I'm very grateful to have such incredible men who understand sometimes they have to take the back seat and push me forward to continue to grow women in sports. And I'm grateful to have those moments and men like him in my corner. So we need you. We need you to show up. We need you talking about women's sports in a different light than it being a charitable moment or you feel bad so you want to sit courtside. Like, we have to change the narrative of how we speak about women in sports. And that is how you're talking to you know men in bars or whatever the case is. The narrative has to shift. Um, so that would, would definitely be my big call to action. And we heard it from Jay Marine and Jimmy Pitaro. Women's sports are a huge, massive, and still untapped opportunity. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm hoping that one day, the next Babe Ruth will be a babe named Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> we will end it on that Too note. Good. Ashlyn, Linda, <laughs> Jessica, Tamika, thank oh, you yeah. so much for joining us. That was our panel on the future of sports leadership. It was recorded on July 25th, 2023 at the Game Plan Sports Business Summit hosted by CNBC and Boardroom. The keynote is produced by the CNBC events team. If you enjoyed this conversation, please share with your friends. You can visit CNBCEvents.com to learn about upcoming events and how you can join us. I'm Tyler Matheson. Thanks for listening. You haven't heard about the McCrispy yet? Well then, you probably haven't heard the sweet silence after the first crispy bite either. Go try it for yourself to hear the best not sound you've ever heard.